Welcome travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. And this is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your not-so-humble guides on the quest for RPG adventures. Here at Tabletop Journeys, we are all devoted role players and storytellers at heart, and we absolutely love sharing our passion with you. On our show, we feature diverse tabletop RPG systems, demonstrating them through actual plays and breaking down the rules to provide you with tips, tools, and techniques to help you navigate them. We also love bringing the content creators behind these games into the studio to give you a peek behind the curtain with relevant and insightful interviews. Let us help you get the most out of your story, no matter what game world or system you're playing. Because detailed settings, heroic characters, diverse NPCs, and a focus on story over rules can make any campaign legendary. characters and now we're going to engage the, the rules for building a starship it's a lot of fun to do that i strongly recommend people use the character generator tool and build tons of ships it's a really good way to to see the different options things that are around in this particular case we're going to build a shuttle that's going to be assigned to this group that the player characters will eventually be working with for the purposes of our pilot episode it's a holographic simulation based on the theories that they want to put into it. And then later on, when we get into later episodes, we'll see them assigned to an area where that theory-crafted ship they talked about when in their academy days has actually been fabricated and assigned to their work areas so they have access to use it and all the things that they did. Basically, they get to work with a thing that they designed. Pretty cool and narrative concept, but right now we're going to jump into the mechanics of it. So essentially, we're making our own alpha flyer. Yes, pretty much. Hit the home button and we're back at the start where our options are create starships and characters. We're going to collect, click starships and characters. We're going to leave it on the same sources. We're going to select next generation era, 24th century. A quick, a quick trick I figured out, and it only works for starships is because Utopia Planitia was so good and it combined all of the talents and options from all the different source books, you only need to click 
Utopia Planitia, and then you won't get any of the character talents popping up on your list when you're building starships. Oh, that's a great tip that I was not aware of. So we can hit select none and then reselect Utopia Planitia? Yep, just core in Utopia Planitia, and that'll get you for ships. Nice. All right, we're going to select Starship in this case. And we're going to go with standard build because we're going to do try to get this built with all of the bells and whistles, apparently, or that we can. For the year, we're going to go ahead and up that to 2378. And as we make these selections, I'd like everybody to make the selection. That way you all have the same ship and we save it locally so you all have it available to you to see. And, we, and now this is the one time we'll be doing the same thing at the same time. The next selection is ship size, so I I will leave this up to you. Obviously, it'll be a pod, a shuttlecraft, or a runabout, but this is something you are all deciding, and you guys can do what you will with this. Any of the above will fit on the hero ship that we've got. So for my non-tricky thing, what's the difference between a shuttle and a runabout? A runabout is larger, more power. That is the ship. That is the shuttle that they used all the time in the first three seasons of DS9. And a shuttle would have been what in most of NG. A pod would be the smaller version that I believe is very limited for its warp capabilities, is not used for going terribly far at all. That might be for a planetary landing or ferrying individuals back and forth from a station or ship to ship, but you would not typically see a pod used for much else, certainly not long-term or long-distance travel. Considering we're a, a star-based under construction, I think a runabout makes sense since it's a bigger, can be used for more stuff, and we can go separate from the hero ship and do stuff with it more often. I'd like to vote for runabout as well. <clears throat> All right. Everybody, sound good to you, Joe? Concur. All right. Given the option, why would you want cramped versus more spacious? That, that That's just me. <laughs> I think it fits the story, too, because it's an under-construction starbase, so they might have more runabouts as opposed to shuttles to do more things in the area yep. until Absolutely. everything is all built up. And- that brings us to small craft stats. Some things that are automatic is, one, the scale, and which is two. And then the next is the name of the ship's class. So this is a runabout, but there are different kinds. I'm not off the top of my head up to speed on the different classes of runabouts. Joe, did you have something in mind there? I was going to lobby. So what we so in Trek, what we've seen is the, the Danube class is what's on Deep Space Nine. And the conceit is they're all named for rivers on Earth that we see throughout the series. In the episode where Harry Kim is flung ba- back in time, back to Starfleet, where he wakes up back on Earth and hijinks ensue, he is in the process of developing the Yellowstone runabout, which is the new next tech thing. So, like, I being from California, I'm going to lobby for us having the Yosemite class runabout as a competing project to the Yellowstone runabout. Okay. Which was developed. Alternate idea in a completely different direction. I'd like to lobby for the Eagle class. And the reason for this is it's an homage to the Eagle transport from Space 1999. What if we name it the Eagle as the name 
it's of the Yosemite class. That could work also. Or we could reverse it. It could be the Yosemite of the Eagle class. Well, said, if there's a naming convention, they tend to stick to it. If I yeah. know a Navy, if they come up with a naming convention, that's they're going to stick to it. Whereas if you have a specific ship, they may be one off. But for a class of ship, it's generally mm-hmm. the stick. Oh, with the Yosemite class, we name the individual one the Eagle. Works for me. Aye. All right. So here's where we get to decide what we're going to do. Now, obviously, you have an engineering focus, and this is where I'm going to come in and give you a little bit of story here. The specific instructor who is in charge of this overall piece of your training is an engineer who was on various missions. He did fight in the Dominion War. He was injured and has been sent back to Earth. He is now in in an instructor capacity. He is salty and not particularly happy about that fact, (laughs) but he is Starfleet through and through, and he is very frustrated that as Starfleet is rebuilding itself, uh, that there are some things that are not being looked after, uh, and he thinks his specific assignment for you is to consider the fact that what you need to build is a shuttle that can handle itself, that can take on varied missions to a certain extent, but also focuses on an element of something that Starfleet needs to do. So that's the instruction. Very basic. This The instructor is a lieutenant commander, and uh, his name is Lieutenant Commander Isaac. So with that, thinking about the ship systems, you are given the base of nine for comms, nine for computer, nine for engines, eight for sensors, eight for structure, eight for weapons. For those new to STA, this fits into the 2D20 mechanic that we spoke of earlier tonight. If you are rolling a task or trying to handle something that is difficult the and you're on board the ship and using the ship systems to assist the ship rolls a die and these are the numbers that will add in to determine its success or failure which adds to your total successes or failures the higher these numbers are the better your chances of success are at a given task that falls under that umbrella. There are 51 total points to distribute amongst the ship's systems, and in the tool, you essentially get to upgrade or downgrade various things to find out where you're going. You do know that this is a shuttle that's going to be designed to support a space station during its final stages of construction, after personnel is assigned, but before it is complete, you could be designing something that's supposed to assist them with sensor capability, defensive capability, or engineering support. So you can decide where you want to focus. Okay, if it's one thing we tend to know about runabouts, they tend to get in trouble and get shot down a fair bit. And get, they tend to call for help. So my suggestion is the lion's share of the points should go to the three stats that are on the top, comms, engines, and structure. 
structure so it can take a hit, engine so it can run away, and comm so it can call for help when it does get shot down. Okay. Solid design philosophy. Thoughts, team? I don't know about comms as far as the sensors, because if you know something's coming, then you can figure that out before you have to worry about your comms having breakthrough interference and stuff, but that's just me. Don't want a spatial anomalies coming or what kind of area you're in or whatever would be forewarned is forearmed. Joe, your thoughts? Yeah, since eyes and ears and legs are so, I'm all for engines and sensors and structure as our kind of three priorities. All right, and let's see here. So at this point, if you wish to increase those three things, you have to take away points from other things. And so you're currently for engines at nine, currently at structure eight, and currently at sensors for eight. The other competing theory is comms at would be comms as a primary consideration. So you could also, depending on what you do, you could lower your weapons considerably and increase all four of those. So have much less on the weapon side, but much more on the others. And then leaving computer where it is, or you could downgrade the computers. Computers can be a big assist universally, but it may not help in a specific area as much. And again, with the goal being to support a station who's lacking something, you're there to pick up that slack for them in addition to going different places and helping yeah, I think with those specific types of missions. The station's going to have a decent computer. The idea of the runabout is to give it legs. Yep. So I would say what, up structure engines and sensors to 10? Drop the other three evenly? So we need five points to increase those three to ten. So just a quick question. Does structures include shields, or is that separate for this building thing? Shields are based off of a combination of the structure security rating. So structure would go into determining the uh, so doing difference. some quick math on this, if we can increase engines, structure, and sensors to ten, and drop weapons, computer, and comms to seven each. That's 51. Okay. Does that work for everyone? E mostly. And we're in 2378? Yes, we're starting Three in 2378. Years. This is actually being designed in that time frame. That's a lot of system points. Cool. Just reverse engineering the numbers out of Utopia Planitia because it seemed like a lot of system points. Yep. But a runabout gets more than a shuttle, which is yeah. why my map, I've never actually built a runabout using the new system. Is there ten, like there's 10 too many points here. What's going on? <laughs> so is everyone good with the three main ones we talked about at 10 and the others at seven? Or do you want to shift them around a little more? No, I think that's good because weapons for runabout to me doesn't seem like it's to defend a little bit, but it's more like you said, eyes and ears run around doing errands and stuff. And from what I know from Star Trek, a lot of times weapons are ineffective anyway, and you got to come up with some other kind of way to, to do things. Yeah, if we get a Romulan warbird coming after us, the runabout's not going to do much. So engines set the amount of power we have for the vessel, so we 
engine's nine, and it also narratively is your top maximum warp speed. So even though 10 and 11, you get, that's warp 9.95, or warp, you never get to 10 in the narrative, but the amount of power you have is, and essentially if you are running away, it's a, the system, it's a bid. So you bid, I put nine power to my engines, and if the pursuer puts more, they catch you. And if you put more, then they, then they, you get away. But if you spend too much and they catch you, then you only have one or two power left to then try and Do uh, fight things. them off. I'm also thinking the engines provide power for things like tractor beams. Taking tasks, doing maneuvers, firing weapons, mm-hmm. all cost power in the system. So I'm good with, with it being 10. I like computers at 8, though, because... You want to drop either comms or weapons then to 6? Yeah, because we had structure engine sensors. I don't know if we need structures at 10. I think we could get away with it being 9, because unfortunately at scale 2... It's not going to make that big a difference. So structure nine, computer eight? I think so. Okay. Because comms, we're going to need, if we're going to cut through jamming to call for help, we're going to want that to be pretty good or good enough. So right now I have comm seven, engines 10, structure nine, computer eight, sensors 10, weapons seven. I like it. So it looks like we've got a pretty beefy little craft with good sensors. Strong sensors, I would say. Little AWACS dome on the top. In fact, narratively, we can say that there's a sensor array pod that went into this to increase your sensors. That way, even if you're just like outside the station, you've got a boost to to what the ship is able to do. Moving on, we have four department points that need to be dis- distributed based on what you're looking to do. There are These represent the same departments on, a, on an individual person's character sheet where there's command, con, security, engineering, science, and medicine. These basically are roughly translate to the types of things that this vessel is good at. And therefore, if you're in the vessel doing a certain type of thing, this vessel has the ability to help you. If you were going to use this for ambulancing, let's say you might want medicine. That means you have upgraded medical facilities within the ship versus having zero, which means you just have whatever basic package comes with the runabout, which means you get no assist from the ship. And that would just be the talent of whatever Starfleet personnel, whatever personnel are on board, that type of thing. Security would add into your ability to fire weapons. Con is actually, if you go to do a specific flight action, like you're in combat and you need to do flight pattern Delta 5, the ship's going to add a plus one as it's currently stated, or be able to add a one to your ability to succeed there. And that's pretty much the way it goes. Engineering, if you're trying to do something very specific with engineering and utilize the ship to aid you in that endeavor, Try to pull something apart with a tractor beam, focusing your track, putting your tractor beam on a weak point to try to pull that thing out of whatever it's attached to. Engineering might be the thing that helps you in that situation because it's an engineering marvel that you're trying to accomplish that type of thing. Or tugging another ship or something Mm. like that. I kind of like things where they are. 
the two ways I've seen it used and I've used it is I've done a sure command role to assist in diplomacy when I roll up with my giant galaxy class ship and I go, what's up? I brought the flagship of the Federation with me as a diplomatic intimidation one, or also in a fleet command engagement where you're giving bonuses or directing the squadron Zeta to a flank and attack and doing a large-scale fleet battle type thing. But command usually doesn't come in super often. But it does in that diplomatic thing. Like, you could... They sent a galaxy-class starship. Like, we're important, right? As a negotiating... All right. Thank you for that good info. I had not, like I said, I didn't come across anything and had no idea where that would come up. And so I was wondering about that. But now I have a neat idea about how that would work. My, my only suggestion would be to shift the one point from command over to science because we've got a good sensor suite that if we're, I want, if the, we're scanning for something, trying to find something, we'd get the ship would roll sensors, science, so they'd have an 11 or better to try and assist the player character who's scanning for something in orbit. I'm good with that. Sounds good. Would the ship's um, autopilot be under command or con? It would be con. Okay. But like most things in Star Trek, if you're just setting the autopilot to fly from Earth to Mars, it's a, it just does it. Yeah. Unless, something, unless something bad happens. Yep. All right. The idea on the table is drop command to zero and increase science to one. Does that sound amiable to the crew? Sounds good to me. Next, talents. There are a lot of options, so I'm going to give you all time to peruse. The goal is to select two talents. What I'm thinking is everybody kind of jot down two talents that they're interested in, and then we'll go from there. They'll give us six to choose from. That will narrow the field, and then pick the two talents that you think will work best. Torpedoes, no. <laughs> hey, Deluxe Galley. So we don't have an option for a hologram suite like the La Serena? <laughs> that is, actually there is a talent in the Picard season one character pack to represent that a little more advanced than we are just yet <laughs> that may or may not come into into future episodes definitely a neat idea though at this point there is the option for the emergency medical hologram as a talent yeah I've got my two yeah, if we were building a hospital, Danube, or runabout, I would certainly consider the augmented medical facilities and then the EMH for that. I think that would be pretty spiffy. Because then if you didn't have a medical officer with you, any other crew members could actually still accomplish the mission. They would just ha- simply have to get the personnel back there or the EMH would have to operate remotely through there or... Since the since Voyager is back, if the portable emitters are a thing, we could narratively come up with some neat ways to have that be a really cool thing, and we could just make a, a EMH supporting character for you. So on our hero ship, are we yes. going to have a Soong-type android named Stitches? Unless Glenn builds it, 
don't think we are, but I don't know. Can't rule it out yet? I, it is too early to rule it out. I think the only challenge with that would be me actually being laughing throughout the entire thing because that was singularly the hardest part about that particular game was uh, Stitches keeping me laughing while I was trying to play the most absolute serious character I've I, played in recent history. Yeah, I was laughing through that whole thing listening to it. Oh my god, it's just... It was just ridiculous. I love puns. Talent options on the shuttle. I'm going to start with Dave. What were the two options you were thinking of? The two I'm thinking of are automated return and rugged design. Joe? I was leaning towards high-resolution sensors and improved warp drive. Marty? I was looking at the rugged design and improved power system. I'm sorry. Okay. Now... This doesn't have to necessarily be direct vote, but based on that, I would say rugged design really quickly rises to the top. And two of you independently thought that would be a key element. So as you're all designing this, that could that makes sense to narratively fall into your design philosophy. As far as the secondary element, we have some other options here. We have the auto return feature. We have the high-res sensors, and we have the improved warp drive. I definitely see how, with some of the other selections you've made, a high-res sensors really fits and would work. Some of the other things you've talked about, that makes a lot of sense. But the other ones are not bad ideas. Auto-return is a good idea. Lots of things go bad in Star Trek once people are in a shuttle. Thinking about something that's going to get back to where it started could be very helpful. Like if the commander's son takes it out. Yeah, something like that. Those are good things. Improved warp drive is not a bad idea uh, as well. A lot of benefits. Not warp drive, power. Improved power systems. I had suggested warp drive. Power systems is good as well as an option. Either of those works really strong with any ship design as far as where you want to go. I believe with power system, that's going to, without even looking at it, I think that's the one that's going to help you make shifts between different things a little easier. I have a feeling, though, if we're if we're shifting power in a runabout in combat, we're already too late. I think in terms of that. usefulness for the, as an extension of a star base, if putting aside... The one I chose for automated return, the high-resolution sensors, because then it becomes an extension of the Starbase's own sensors. Yeah, and that makes sense with where how we put them more into the sensors anyway, because it's a sensor thing and more eyes that yeah. go out farther from the station. So we're thinking like what? rugged design and high-res sensors? Makes sense to me. I think yep. that feels like, the, feels like the consensus. Once we've made that decision, we are at ship's weapons and I believe this is where you get to make some choices. There's basically a kind of weapon. There's energy weapons, there's tractor grapplers or torpedoes. I believe runabouts have they can have a lot of different things. So we can add to this. I don't know if the thing is gonna let us add too too much. I don't think we can rock this thing out so it's a, a warship, so I think what, Whatever a you phaser think array missing. and then a tractor beam? Yeah, so the in the book, the, actual, the Danube runabouts have a phaser banks and micro torpedoes, which is no more mechanically different 
than this than photon torpedoes, but they're just smaller based off of the scale. I'd like to see the thing have tractor beams. Oh, and it has a tractor. I think I know in the I show that Danube has tractor. I, I was going to say I'm pretty sure I've seen it with a tractor beam. Huh. It's not in Utopia Planitia. Doesn't mean ours can't have it. But. So for the phaser, do you want an array or banks or cannons? And what's the difference? Good point. I will also add you could choose to use phase pulse if you wanted. You can change what is in a standard Danube because you're not making a standard Danube. And what's the difference between phaser and phase pulse? Is the phase pulse what the Defiant had? Yes. I don't think we necessarily need something that aggressive. But we are on the frontier. Good point. If the station's still under construction, we're on the frontier. We might need, even though we don't have a big capital line ship, that might need the, the higher weapons. Even though our weapon level isn't that high, a better base weapon. Does using the phase pulse, is there a downside to it? Does it generate threat? Yeah. No, so it's so phase slash pulse is actually what they figure out how to do in Enterprise at the end. Oh. So it's actually less less good than the standard phaser. You'd only okay. get versatile. You'd only add one bonus momentum instead of two, the standard okay. phaser. So what Defiant has are phase cannons. And versus, so what the difference versus banks. So what? So banks are what the Enterprise Constitution class had standard, which is the pew-pews. They are medium range is their best range. And the system works is that each weapon has a ideal targeting capacity, and each band you go outside of that, the difficulty is increased. So, like, it's hard Red October style. Like, if you fire a torpedo at something close, it won't arm properly. Because, so, a, so let's, I'll just walk up the chart because phaser cannons are close category range weapons and they do two additional points of stress damage attack over a standard attack so short in but more powerful the standard banks which was the kind of mid 23rd century medium range and the damage is a plus one off of the base rating which is all calculated off of scale plus security Whereas in the the phaser arrays, which are the strips, what their ability is, it's the least, it's the weakest of the three options. It's just standard straight scale security, and its category is a medium like the banks. But what it does is it lets you attack multiple ships with by adding the area attack where or the spread attack, which means you can hit one ship multiple times for multiple damage, or you can hit multiple shifts depending on how many Starfleet symbols you roll on your damage rolls. Okay. All right, so we probably do not need the array for a small ship. I would say with the banks, which gives us the little, the one extra punch, if, we're, if we can't outrun it, maybe we can damage their engines enough that they can't chase us down. And you said the cannons generate threat? No, none of the torpedoes are the only torpedoes, one that okay. generate threat in Star Trek. 
Yeah. yeah, the cannons will hit harder, but they're short range. So if your targets are at medium range, you're going to have increased difficulty. If they're at long range, you're going to mm-hmm. have increased difficulty. difficulty. First weapon are going to be phaser banks. Yep. We agreed? Yes. Okay. Got it. And I think what I heard was everybody wanted tractor beams. Is that correct? Yeah. So now the question of torpedoes. Yeah. Micro torpedoes work for me. Those would be photon torpedoes as as far as. Correct. Because they have no, they have no mechanical difference, but narratively they are micro torpedoes. Correct. I would also add, just as a point to keep in mind, because I personally thought it was one of the most amazing things they ever did in Star Trek is, if y'all are interested or in a situation where it becomes necessary, the the ability to take a torpedo and impact it, put it in a sensor suite, and have that do basically become a sensor probe of some kind, I would, I would certainly narratively say you could do that with a micro-torpedo as well. I think that's very well covered in canon. Clearly, there's going to be a class on doing that, and with Starfleet being a primarily scientific operation with the ship being largely designed for sensor type of missions, I would say certainly when we get to a stage of actually running this hero ship, I would consider it a done deal that you have sensor suite set up for these micro torpedoes already set up. Like it's already there. All you have to do is basically install it. Thought: Could we define the advanced sensor suite as say a pair of detachable warp capable drones that separate from the Runabout and off at warp. You can certainly talk about designing things throughout the course of the series. That's okay. a brilliant working theory that you can take to the ship, and we can see if that's something we can design as some kind of season-long extended task. I think gotcha. that sounds like a really strong idea and something really cool to think about, given what we're talking about. Very cool. Moving on from weapons... Final steps in the details. The name, I think we talked about the eagle already, and traits and the registry. I will fill in the registry because it'll be assigned to the hero ship, so I will give you all that at that time. Uh, but and nobody will need to send me this ship because I've actually got it right here. But as far as the name, did we settle on eagle? Is that what we want, where we wanted to go with that, or did we want to? I think so, yep. And... So you've got some traits that you can put that I will allow you to put in. The examples they have are prototype, legacy, renowned, long-serving. In this case, I would say prototype. Yeah. So now the one thing they do talk about in Utopia Planitia is that almost every ship has the trait that represents the government building style. So this would be a Federation runabout. Okay. So if it would come into play, sometimes it... As a trait, it could add an advantage because the Federation has certain design capabilities. They all have ram scoops in their thing, so it could be easier to collect gases. But also, similarly, the trait could hinder us if we were trying to go undercover and we flew in with a Federation ship. They'd be like, the Popo's here. Everyone scram. Yep. I would assume also like the Federation trait would include things like the ship has transporters and replicators. Definitely. Replicators. Basically all the standard amenities that are there. Um, A.J.L. Barrett doing the computer voice. 
I, I can do a lot of voices. Major Barrett is not one of them. We're going to have a very unique voice, I think. And it'll sound something like a short black man whose family comes from Zambia and Trinidad and Tobago. So not significantly different than this. I'll try to find some cool inflection, maybe take away some emotion from it. But uh, yeah, with all due respect to Miss Roddenberry, I can't do her voice. <laughs> I can do a lot of voices. I do some funny voices, but hers is not one of the ones that's in my repertoire, as it were. Or repertoire, as it were. Oh, oh! The kids got jokes. <laughs> See, Stitches is not the only funny one on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> if joining the Tabletop Journeys actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for, be sure to check out patreon.com slash ttjourneys where patrons of the Tabletop Journeys podcast not only get early access to all of our episodes but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games where the dice are wild and we make every role legendary alright so we have that I did add Federation runabout, Federation runabout to the traits on my end, so you may want to go back and do that again on your end if you haven't already. It actually goes right back after you export to that same page, so it's easy to add. Oh, we could have spinners and underbody lighting and <laughs> all the good things. A sick face. Yeah. Six six 40s in the trunk nice. and, and a six disc changer. Yeah, all the good stuff. Racing stripes on the nacelles, all the goodies. We don't have to dodge. We don't have to dodge asteroids. We just go through with the base on and they just blow up spontaneously around us. <laughs> that's actually what the deflector dish is. That's your, that, that's your base speaker that's just pumping out sound effects. It's blow, blow away things. Yeah. I am down with a run, another runabout unless yeah, somebody wants to do a shuttle. You could name, which would make the naming structure similar to Lakes. The original one for DS9 was the Danube, so they tended to go with rivers on Earth. Uh, but you could do, name it after Lakes and then go with Lakes on Earth as far as the naming structure. The Duloc class. Now I'm going to have that song in my head for the rest of the day. No, Thank you very much. And there's no requirement that they have to be lakes on Earth. You could choose lakes on other planets. Loch Ness, yeah. I want the runabout to Nessie. It's just... Yeah, say the Loch Ness class. Yep. Nessie. Yeah, I like it. Just right. the Ness class or the Loch Ness class? Affectionately known as Nessie. <laughs> it could be the Loch Ness class, and then yours can you call it, yours is Nessie, and others. If others are built there, they the naming structure could be any kind of legendary or semi-fictional mysterious creature. You could <laughs> like a troop transport for Makos. They could have the Sasquatch or something like that. That would be pretty hot. Chupacabra. I like that. The I, would, I would gladly class. do a drop mission on that. Like, the like, cryptozoology cool. class. <laughs> so is everybody cool with a runabout? This is where we get to name it. You're building your own thing. If it's vastly different than anything ever built before, you're naming your own class of shuttle. That's something you all can decide. A lot of times they're like – you could select classes for runabout specifically tend to be things, bodies of water 
So if you build a ship that's designed for combat, you want to start building it that way at this stage so it's combat oriented if you want to build it towards communications you can lean it into that significantly by where you place your point and well, you can design what is it for our different specific things. mission going to be that is a bit out there but the way to think about it is you're part of a group that is assigned to a deep space station on the frontier who's basically supply becoming an outpost to supply lots of things for this area. They're multi-mandated, so there's going to be diplomatic operations out of there. There are going to be conflict resolution operations that are run out of there because this is, while not a contested area of space, it is not a well-traveled Federation area of space. Will there be pirate groups that operate out of there? Maybe. Will there be things that are not necessarily good out of there? Yes. There will be a lot of scientific operations out of there because there's a lot of scientific types of things. It's a, an, an area with some really unique spatial qualities. But there's also a lot of transport. There's also a lot of supplies. So what do we want role? this ship to be? I think a question on top of that is, logically, Starfleet would not have given us two shuttles that do the same job. Tell us what the other group came up with for their shuttle. And since Joe was part of the creation of that, I'll let Joe let you know what the other shuttle, how, what that was built on. Yeah, it was a Yosemite-class expeditionary shuttle. So it focused on sensor science, engine speed, and computing power. It was its main thrust. The recon shuttle was what we had built for. Okay. So where I was thinking is... If that's the case, maybe we want to up the speed and the shields on this thing and shift it from being – it basically, it's the – it's the ship that you send in when you need to get something in fast and – fast potentially through heavy fire. <clears throat> it's, a, it's the rescue boat. Okay. So we want to have the the medicine on it. We want to have, I would assume, the weapons aren't as, well, the weapons aren't necessarily not important, but we would want structure, assuming, structure and structure engines would be to be the bumped up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sensors yeah, down a little bit. Comms. Comms down a little bit. Yeah. So computer, if it's going to be a medical thing, should have a good computer on it. Yeah. What yeah. Would the That's what I'm saying. Is, represent, like, Communications, that's you being able to cut through interference, cut through jamming. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, definitely don't want to lose that. Signal six, signal your big ship to, okay, so, we're in too deep. Yeah. All right. So, the other ship is focusing on sensors, you said? It has a sen it's sensors is one of its higher statistics. What would engineering come in as? If we were doing – so structure, is that – Technically, is that how much damage you take, or do you roll dice to see how much damage you soak? How does that work? So it comes in two ways. One, it's, it helps determine some of the referred statistics, like shields, is a structure plus security rating add-on. But okay. also, if, say, you're going to do a high-stress G turn in an atmosphere to in a dogfight to lose an opponent, you may need to make a structure's con roll to not to be able to successfully make the high G turn. 
as far as engine engines that's going to allow you to do different things one of the things you get to do with your ships is use power to buy things so every ship's size will have a certain amount of power available to do different things fire weapons and you can route some x amount of power to your shields you can route x amount of power to your sensors your comms your weapons that type of thing the engines will allow the will allow you to help kind of manipulate some of those factors and recover power under circumstances so that's where engines can be important it's Depending on the type of ship you're building, it is not something to be totally forgotten about because your ability to get successes there can be critical in recovering things you were great at but have limited amounts of times you can use them. You can have the best weapons in the world. If you've expended all your power, you don't have your weapons anymore if you can't succeed on your your engines roll. And narratively, there's a rough tie-in between your engine rating and your maximum warp speed. So engine eight is a max warp eight. It gets funky as you get up towards the top because you, like a character, the kind of the general spread is from seven to 12. So as you get to warp, as you get to engines 10, that's closer to warp 9.999 as you go up the chart. Yeah, so the other ship went engines, structure, and sensors at 10. Weapons down all the way to six, communications at seven, and computers at eight, with a con engineering security science one 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 one, with a high resolution sensors and a rugged design talent. So here's my thought: let's crank this one up for medicine because science off chief medical officer, and make this kind of an ambulance, but have focus with the computers so that like when the funky thing comes through the wormhole that we didn't know was there last week and we don't know what it is we can try and figure out what it is go ahead and then when it tries to kill us all we have a way to fix ourselves we got to figure out what we want to sacrifice in order to bring up things weapons so here's where getting into character can't sacrifice weapons we need to have a way to defend ourselves in this frontier zone Whereas weapons have already been sacrificed on the other vessel runabout. Yeah. And if about, we're running a medicine ship and and we need to get into a hot LZ. How about we knock comms down a little bit? Just like maybe one or two. Leave computer where it is. Leave engines where it is. Sensors. Maybe one down. Structure, leave that where it is. Weapons, could you take it down too? Still have weapons, but not so much. Okay, you've taken things away, but you haven't said where you're going to put those. I was going to say put one back into structure. And take something away and put it more in computer. And put more into sensors. I'd have to do a chart. i got to write this down. The other one... So the other ship was high in sensors. Comms is how we're going to be able to communicate with the people we're going to rescue and or our own ship and prevent jamming. Comms is nine. Computer, nine. Engines, nine. 
sensors. I'm okay with the idea of bringing sensors down to seven and putting it on structure and bringing that up to nine. So structure is basically physical structure? Yep. Okay. Weapons. And that's at an eight. Okay, so comms will leave alone. Computer. Right. Comms leaving alone at, oh, what? Nothing. Nine. Okay. Computer, take away one from weapons and add that to computer. So computers to nine as well. Computers. So right now, Heather. So what? What I heard you and let me just read this out real quick. We've got comms, computers, engines, and structures at nine, sensors at seven, and weapons at eight. That's our fifty-one points spread. It sounds good. Yeah. Did that come across? Yep. I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't sound... We're not going to get a, a super ship out of this, but it just... No. Seems, yeah. So if we have the weapons at eight, but we keep the one in security, we've got a 45% chance on each die roll of succeeding with a weapon right. attack. Okay. That seems solid for a runabout. Trust me, run about make sure all. that this... And to make sure that the Sabre herself has plenty of guns. So when you go into the departments, if we're going to put one in medicine, what does command, what is that? I understand what con would be in security engineering. What would command, that would be the command structure? I say I'm on the shuttle and I give an order to the away team. The shuttle may be assisting me with comms and command to make sure that my, my, my orders are getting there. Whereas I'm rolling presence command or insight command, depending yes, on. I see something above, we're flying above, and I see down on the battlefield, insight and command. Flank, I give the order, flank to the left. It could definitely be a command comms. Does it get through the signal jamming? Does it get to the right people? Do they understand the orders? What's trying to be conveyed? I was thinking that if we were going to go for a medical type ship that had some fighting capabilities that we would sacrifice command for the medicine. Agreed. I think that's a good. Because maneuverability on the con and engineering and security, I think we still need. Yeah. Yeah. And then. All right. So stats wise, the 51 points. I don't know. A proposal is if we bump the engines and structure to 10 computer and weapons to nine and then drop comms to seven and sensors to six okay the communication is still yeah if you have to get through we'd be more relying on the comms individual versus the ship if the other ship is more sensors based this still gives us power to reroute computers to run the med bay structure to withstand so what are your proposed numbers comms uh, at seven comms at seven engines 10 structure 10 computer nine sensors six weapons nine computer okay so less seven. balanced but seven More ten, of a, ten a nine focused ship than a balanced ship 
definitely right. focused on your ability to on survivability and ability to manipulate that power to provide aid to various things that are being being done. A tough little bugger. Yep. Sort of sort of the Land Rover of the sky. It might be going in blind, but if you get the information you need beforehand and hopefully circumstances don't change too much on the way. Because that never happens. Yeah, no plan ever survives first contact. We have to. We, this is the part where we have to turn off the Star Trek fan and be like, but on episode blah, 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 they went into this and they blah, blah, blah. No, we just you know, got to no. go with it. No, we can totally do that. That's in character. I'm just I'm uh, throwing I, this out there again. I don't know the system super well. I'm just thinking. It looks good to me. I may recommend because I think, especially in a runabout, the difference between an engine nine, engine ten is the one point of power is not going to make or break that. And so I, but I do think being able to see what's coming. So mm-hmm. I would recommend dropping engines to nine and bumping the sensor back up to seven. I like the sensor too. science eight. That's still only a forty percent chance of success on each die. Science a, is a zero. I thought we had science at one. Medicine, medicine's a medicine's one. Medicine's a one. Yeah. Medicine, science, security, con. No, it was I, a con, security, security engineering, and medicine. medicine. Oh, see, I don't. If engineering would be like if you're trying to repair something, it makes sense, but not for science and medicine. So I thought engineering and structure would go together for the shields to make the defense higher, no? That's uh, structure security. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, then engineering for science I'm good with. That's good. That works. All right. Because science is also what the heck is this thing that's eating? That just come out of the wormhole and is is waving tentacles at us, yes. Something eating his face. We need to know what it is before we can take it off. So the science is going to help you figure out what it is, and it's the medicine that's going to help you get it out of him. Cool. All right. With that, again, just so everybody's got the same thing, Loch Ness, Scale 2, Com 7, Computer 9. Engines 9, Sensor 7, Structure 10, Weapons 9. And for departments, we have one in Con, one in Security, one in Science, and one in Medicine. Yes. This is where we get two talents. There's a pretty good list here, but there's two talents that you get to pick and add to your runabout. Advanced sick bay? <laughs> yeah, that's no brainer. Oh, let's just add Captain's Yacht. Let's have a good bar on this place. Ooh, there you cl- go. Cloaking device. Cloaking device. <laughs> That's the same time you did. Ooh, cloaking so device. So this is all of the options. I don't think Lee Winnicott yeah. will let us have a cloaking device. You're not going to have a cloak. Aww. No ship that small has a cloaking device. Starships. That's There's not a balloon. We These also are all have star- the option of 10 years, 10 medical. in-game years later, you get a refit, and if somebody can find some way to narratively convince somebody to speak one on there, that's a separate story. That's something you didn't roleplay, but you, you're not going to start with a cloak sweets. in the academy. <laughs> Ooh, backup EPS conduits. I was just looking. There's redundant systems as well. Yeah, I like that idea too. I vote redundant systems. Quantum yep. torpedoes. 
There's no. also rugged design. Ooh. Rugged design sounds good too. And the sick bay? Reduce the difficulty of all tasks to repair the ship by one or a minimum of one. I like that. Which one's that one? Rugged design. Rugged design. That and advanced sick bay sound awfully good. Emergency medical hologram. Yeah, we know how good that is. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. My head is falling off! It looks just I, uh... fine to me. Rugged design looks good, but redundant systems also reduces damage. It says nominate a single system. When the system becomes damaged or disabled, the crew may choose to activate the backups as a minor action. If the system was damaged, it is no longer damaged. If it was disabled, it becomes damaged instead. Ooh. A system so backup they, may only be activated once per adventure. Yeah. So the main the it's a philosophical debate. One of the issues with redundant systems is, as you said, it only applies to one of the six systems. So if that system doesn't get damaged, it doesn't apply. Rugged design is any of the systems, it is easier to repair it once it is broken by lowering the difficulty to one. So it applies to all six systems. If they are damaged, fixing it mm. back and restoring it as instead of a difficulty three as a difficulty two. Let's go rugged design. <laughs> the other ship, did it do like the advanced sensor suites? What did it go for talents? Ironically, it went with high resolution sensors and rugged design. So we got two tanks and two tanks out there in the world. Yeah, basically. No, we're out here in the frontier. It is and dramatically that matches with a saber, which is a beefy little ship. <laughs> I say let's do the the advanced medical and the rugged design. All right. Okay. I can dig it. Next. Still the ship has the following weapons. The standard for the runabout is oh, energy damn. weapons <laughs> and phaser and banks. Runabouts typically have torpedoes. Yes, they do. And that would be a standard photon torpedo, unless is asking for something different. And then I would entertain why we would put that on a hospital ship. But let me know what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> a spatial torpedo. <laughs> Where'd it go? I don't know. It took him somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to quote Grease 2 here. It's a nucleoroid bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So at this point, phaser banks and photon torpedoes? Yes, yep. we're going standard. <laughs> we're okay. going basic. And then the last thing that I think almost they all have is tractor beams. Oh, then we wanted I, to be really next? old school and go with grappler cables, which I don't know why you would do no, that. But. It's the third plus sign option. Yeah. Energy torpedo tractor. Oh, there it is. So the dice, is that like how much damage that they do? Is like one die, added one die to damage rolls or... Yep, and yep. then that adds to the ship's security and scale, depending on what you're using. And uh, it'll actually show you in the next... Versatile mm -hmm. and high yield. So versatile, it get, if you successfully make an attack with phasers, you get two bonus momentum to spend on 
doing various options to affect the roll. High yield means that when it, if it does a breach, it does a second breach, which is like an injury, an injury to a starship. So torpedoes go boom. So like plasma torpedoes with persistent eight. So if that's a Romulan. That's a Romulan thing. It keeps doing. It, well, it, it goes down. It starts at eight. And next turn it does seven. Next turn it does six. So they can be yeah. Plasma torpedoes are very damaging and very unpleasant. I always used to play the Romulans in Starfleet battles. What? No, I can't tell that at all. All right. Disruptors, plasma torpedoes, cloaking devices. Don't have a Romulan fan here at all. (laughs) Joel on true. (laughs) We named the class Loch Ness. Did we want to – what did we want to name the actual shuttle? Too bad we couldn't have cloaking technology because that would be perfectly appropriate with a ship called the Loch Ness or Nessie. It's like, Nessie disappeared again. Where'd she go? We can't find There you have it, everybody. Session Zero is officially complete, so make sure you join us next week for the beginning of Session One when Lou and Nico leads our crew through the starter set. See you then.